He's mature and kind, but also very sensitive. He needs huge amounts of attention and always needs to be the best. Being our oldest, he's used to it by now. He's used to it, but now that our almost four-year-old has started the same school, he's feeling very threatened by it and has begun acting up quite a bit. It's unlike him, and he's usually, as he's usually been so calm and easy. I wonder if you could address how to make a child feel good with themselves, that when he sees his brother succeed, it won't, he won't take it as a knack. Another point I'm struggling with is the, is the amount of tension that he needs. An example of this, we had some guests on Shabbos, and we spent a lot of time talking about him and his sedra sheets, etc., but, but any time it wasn't about him, he began to do silly things to get attention. I understand fragile children need extra, but I'm wondering about the, time, about the times when it simply isn't possible. How do we deal with this and help, and help him cope? Thank you for your time. I'd really appreciate if you could give some guidance and if you can give me some more information on how to access your chinuch courses. Okay. So I'm lacking skills to deal with the things that are now all of us. Okay. So I'd like to, I'd like to explain the question. Right? If I have a good answer or not, I don't know. But let me, let me, I, I'd, I'd like to dedicate some time to explain the question. Okay, so this question is referring to a shir that I gave on Torah in time by the fragile child. And very often I refer people to that shir. It's a shir by Karavtuni, the fragile child. You can look it up, you can search for it on, on Torah in time. The fragile child, who it is and what we do about him. And a lot of what I explain over there is what, what I write in my book. <clears throat> I get along with everyone. And that is how sensitivity dominates in some individuals by nature. We all have that emotional and sensitive part of us. And in some people it's just dominant you can see this on a baby, this is not because the child went through something specific, it's not because some trauma or some difficult upbringing or some disability or whatever, it doesn't develop, this is natural. Some people are dominated by sensitivity. And there's so much to talk about and explain about this to understand what that is. Um, but this, this really is, the, uh, I think, the answer to so many issues people are dealing with. So often you see it with children, even adults, somebody struggling with something, which we'll talk about in different examples, and it's so easy to interpret it incorrectly. Just last week I got a call from somebody um, about a child in Cheder also turning over the class, being difficult, being obnoxious, um, you know, not, not getting it when we talk to him, not, not listening and not anything. And it's so easy to interpret these, these kind of situations as a child who has anger issues that he has to work on or a child who just doesn't get it, right? Some Asperger's kind of thing where he doesn't help what we're telling him. Behavioral issues and things like that. Social skills. Now, a lot of those things are true. It could be that the child gets angry. It could be that he has social issues, right? But when you understand what's at the core of it, it's just so revealing. And, and also you're dealing with something, something very different. When you understand that hypersensitivity, hypersensitive temperament, hypersensitive nature and personality is at the core of so many issues why people are struggling. And when somebody's struggling with something, it's not because that specific thing, uh, you know, worked them up or because he has a certain deficiency in a certain area that he has to be told or explained. You already told him, you already explained him. It's because he's very sensitive. It's because he's experiencing something that other people are not experiencing. He's feeling threatened by something. For example, what I just mentioned before that I spoke with the parents last week, a child was supposed to get a certain privilege in school. And he stepped out by mistake for a minute or whatever it was, and he came back, and the privilege was given to someone else after he was waiting for it so long, and he started acting up. Now, well, some people would say, yeah, it's normal, or it's not normal, we have to teach him. But understanding that for a child who's hypersensitive, he experienced something now, a certain emotional discomfort, on a very intense level, differently and, and much more than, than other children, it just gives some insight as to why he's acting up like this. It's not because he's bad, it's not because he doesn't get something. Everyone would act up like this if they were to experience something like that. And everybody has a certain tolerance level where when things hit that point, the boiling point or whatever it is, they go nuts. Everybody. 
you can make anyone scream. I tell the people often, you can make anyone scream. Sometimes you have to just give someone a little, a little um, pinch. Sometimes you have to run over his foot, or a car. And sometimes you just give them, but everybody has that point where they lose it. The question is, how quick do they get there? So somebody has an ingrown toenail, and you give a little step on his foot, and he screams. You say, why are you screaming? I just, I only step in you a little bit. You know, I, I do it to everyone. The answer is because his tolerance level, because of his ingrown toenail, is very different. And this is something we have to understand that, you know, when you realize that a child is so sensitive, and you can see this from a very, very young age, an extra sensitivity, it's a, that's what I call a fragile child, you realize that there's something, there's something underlying, and you're not going to make a child not sensitive. You won't make an adult not sensitive either. If you're a sensitive person, there's things you could do to work on yourself, to help yourself, and all kinds of ideas um, that people could do. And, and, and there's a lot to do. I, mean, I, don't mean to, I don't mean to make anyone feel discouraged or, hope, or hopeless. On the contrary, I think there's so much to do. But it comes from understanding the issue. So when a parent writes this, I'm just giving the listeners to understand what I'm talking about. Now, from what I gather from you sharing, time this is a fragile child. Oh, so now you realize what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a sensitive child who doesn't tolerate well emotional discomfort, right? When he's feeling threatened by a brother or feeling uncomfortable about something, feeling that you don't love him, feeling that he's feeling things that other children don't feel and other children understand. And even when they do feel, they know how to control themselves better because their logical mind and their, 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 their logical way of thinking is stronger than how they feel. And for some children, it's not. <clears throat> so you can see it's on a very young child, like I said. And there's a lot of different issues I talk about that all stem from the same idea of sensitivity. So when you know you're dealing with a sensitive child, and that's what I write my book about, and I give my chinuch courses about, it's about how to treat a child, how to treat a sensitive child. Now, very many ideas that I, that I offer about this are simple ideas. They're ideas that, that, that every chinuch, um, every mechanic will tell you when it comes to, when it comes to children. <coughs> Excuse me. It's not novel ideas. It's, it's about making a child feel good, making a child feel special. The, the thing is that with, because with some children it's not so necessary to be so specific and so careful about always making them feel good, we tend to not take it so seriously. And sometimes we hear it and we want to take these ideas seriously and we try to do it with all the children. You get, you get burned out. There's only so much attention you can give children. When you understand that sensitive children are the ones that need it most and they're the ones that you really want to make them feel very good and very comfortable and very respected and admired and, and, and needed and you want to give them that good feeling and you understand that yeah I'll invest it in this child because he needs it the most the other children will be fine with normal dose of attention and a normal you know, but, but this child needs it more and slowly he feels good about himself you'll see a lot of his behavioral issues which you thought had to be addressed as behavior issues they fall away I've seen this so many times Baruch Hashem and so sometimes people look at their situation like, yeah, that would be good in the regular typical situation where a child is you know, a little sensitive, a little, a little edgy, a little agitated, but, but I'm talking about a big problem. So I had this in your mind come to me last week, I think it was, or two weeks ago. Also, he calls my office and he asks if he can have an appointment. He has a problem with a child, but he asked my secretary, do you really think Regron could help me? So what's, what's the issue? I was by everyone for help already. I around, around, around the block. I was around the block. I went to the biggest professionals and the biggest idea and everything and they could what the problem my son he's already 14 15 years old so difficult he makes us problems and he's so obnoxious and he doesn't get along with his siblings and he doesn't do well in, in yeshiva he stays home except late the whole thing so somebody sitting in my office knows that this is typical i hear this every day but people want to hear something something drastic like what give me some some weird advice give me something that's going to work even even in such a case and after sitting with his father and talking to him, you know that you know the answer is? Is the small little things that you do to make a child feel good that's going to answer your problem. Now I understand that you're dealing with something that looks terrible. He's tantruming and he's having these outbursts. 
There's nothing you could do when he has those outbursts. There's nothing you could do. You could, there's, there's no vaccine that you just give a, a shot and now he calms down. That doesn't work. But you could invest everyday time in making him feel good. What happens is over time, the more difficult the child is, the more he tends to get beaten for it. Not physically, but he gets put down for it. The, the more he works himself up and the, and the more difficult he is, the more he hears about it. The more clapped he gets, the more bad he feels about himself. So of course this is what you're dealing with. Someone who's hypersensitive and feels like two cents is going gonna, is gonna to react like this, especially, especially if you tolerate it, which is something of its own. But the idea of making him feel good, slowly investing time to make him feel special and needed and looked up to, that's your answer. No, but I need a big answer. There's no, there's no big answer. These, this is the answer. Making a child feel good, especially when, because you're dealing with a sensitive child who's so dependent on how he feels, those small steps in building him, making him feel, making him feel secure and safe and confident, that's what, that's what he needs and that's what you need. So that's um, you know, just, just by, by way of introduction, um, I'm saying all that. Now, understanding, so, so that, was, that was understanding the question, understanding the issue. When you're dealing with a problem kid, you're not dealing with a problem kid, you're dealing with a sensitive kid. And it's all a different perspective, obviously. Uh, so that's that. Now, let's go back to this question over here. The kid needs a lot of attention, and we try to give it to him. We used to be able to give it to him. Now he has another, now he has another um, sibling in school. He's feeling threatened by it, right? feeling jealous. And same thing when it comes to the table, he needs negative attention. So, one thing at a time. Fighting with siblings and being jealous of siblings right, is, is as old as the hills and not specific for someone who's hypersensitive. Right? This is, this is, whoever has children knows that. Children are jealous of each other and children fight around. And uh, you know, a lot of that is very typical. So you're dealing with a typical problem with a sensitive child. The fact that he wants a lot of attention but a Shabbat Suda, it's also, this, this, is what, this is what children like him need. So it's just, see, just see it as a, as a very typical and normal issue. That's first of all. One thing that I want to say when it comes to these things is that when you see a pattern, you notice a pattern, um, you, you want to pick up on the pattern and notice when that happens and address it, but not when that happens. Part of addressing a sensitive child is not only knowing what to say or what not to say, which is extremely important, to know how to not say anything that's emotionally challenging or, or sounds critical or condescending or something you won't handle, but knowing when to say it also. You can say the nicest thing, but when you're saying it when he's feeling challenged by the message because now it's relevant, that's, that's not going to be taken well. So if you wait for a middle of the suda or a middle of the homework or a middle of when he's, on, when he's going on the bus already or fighting with his brother already, that's not the time to say something like that. So if you know the pattern, you should be able to say it in advance. Some people know the pattern and they just don't want to notice it. They want to wait till it happens and deal with it then. But it doesn't work with, with sensitive children who don't know how to take the challenge. And, and on the mo- in the moment, it's challenging. So again, just recently somebody was asking me about uh, my classes for Malamda and for teachers, for Rebbe's. And I said, of course, it has a lot to do with, with uh, sensitive children. When it comes to classroom discipline, a lot of people want to know, but how do I do that? How do I, how do I have 30 kids in the class, and some are very sensitive to treat them differently than the other ones? Part of the answer to that question is that a lot of it has to do with what you're going to do before class and after class. Because in the middle of the class, you talk, you can't do that. You have a class of children. Well, sometimes you could if you're very creative, but it's hard. But before class, you call over Yankee, you know, I love how you participated yesterday. I'm going to say something today very, uh, it's hard to understand, but you're a smart boy and you'll get it. I'm going to watch to see if you understand it. Nobody heard what you just told Yankee. But it was before class started, and, and you know, it's out of the classroom setting, and it helps them the whole day, gives them, gives them that boost. So a lot has to do with what you're going to say beforehand and afterwards, and not always in the moment. And the same thing is to do when a kid gets into fights, or a kid is, is chutzpahdik or whatever. Don't address it when it happened already, because then he's all worked up. And it's very hard for him to overcome his feelings in that moment. Talk to him in advance. 
tell them that you understand that uh, you know this and this is difficult. <laughs> Show him that you do understand them and validate her, his perspective, which could be totally irrational. And then you could talk to him. And even then, you have to make sure he doesn't feel like you're blaming him, doesn't feel like you're putting him down. And you're explaining things to him in a way that you know, he'll feel good, that he's making you feel good. So this is just one idea about, about understanding how to do things in advance. So if you notice that he's fighting with his brother because he's threatened by him, don't put him down and don't tell him why does it have to go your way and who do you think you are and your brother didn't mean it and don't explain to him why he's wrong. Just tell him what you would appreciate. Tell him that you see his brother's feeling, you know, he's a little younger and he's not as sharp as he is and you'd appreciate if when he does the homework or when he says it to if he doesn't mix in. Simply because you like hearing what he has to say and you know that he really knows it a lot better. And there's so many ways to say it in advance in a, in a, in a way that appeals to him and he could handle it. So that's, that's one idea. And another idea is by the Shabbos Eid, where he's disturbing. It happens again and again. Well, first of all, whenever a kid asks for negative attention, it's important to understand why. I talk about this often. It's because he needs the attention. It's because the only way to get it whenever he wants, from whoever he wants, as often as he wants, is by is negative attention. Positive attention, you can't get as much of it as you want. It's only when it comes. But the reason why children keep on asking for more of it because they don't feel satisfied by negative attention because, you know, he, he asked for it. Nobody looked at him because they wanted to. They looked at him because they had to. Anyway, so, yeah, positive attention definitely works a lot better. So that's first of all. But it sounds like you're trying to give him positive attention. He's taking anyway some negative attention. Well, if that's the case, and only if that's the case, because if not, then you do have to obviously give him more attention. He should feel even better. But if that's the case, you could, again, tell him in advance, before the Shabbos either. You know, some, we love hearing what you have to say about that by the meal and you always have such nice things to add and we love hearing you and sometimes Tati and Mami have to talk to other people and we'd appreciate it it's so nice if you could be quiet when Tati talks to someone else and if you could do that you'll get, a, you'll get something good for it the point is not the treat the point is that he doesn't feel like he's being criticized for not doing it last week he's getting an incentive because he's very good if you could do that and if you notice him doing it even just for two minutes you turn to him and you say you know Yankee that was beautiful Tati's talking you're not, you're, not, you're not saying anything I'm very proud of you you want to twist everything in a way that makes it more comfortable and more appealing to him to be able to accommodate. And I also want to give a few, uh, let's call it maybe creative ideas, okay? And, and the reason why I call them creative ideas is because they might not work. They might just be plain creative. And sometimes you have to be creative on your own and come up with things that do work for your child. So one idea, first of all, when it comes to siblings, is to make the big brother, the one that's taking care of the younger brother, so he doesn't have to fight with him. Whether it's going on the bus to school, whether it's at home, whether it's you know listening to him, if, if sometimes you make in Yiddish is an expression mekemach and degana for the shomer. You know you have a ganav in the jail and you want to you want to watch over the people in your face. You make him the, the watchman. You, know, you, you use the child who's fighting with his brother, who's putting down his brother, to be the one that's going to boost him. You can give him a prize for making his brother feel good. You give him a prize for, for listening when his brother says something nice. You give him a prize for helping his brother, and then and then it becomes a little easier. He feels like the big brother. He's not threatened anymore. And also you could obviously boost him for being the big brother and, and somebody who um, you know, the little one could look up to. When it comes to the Shabbos Hida, for example, you'll see be a little creative. Sometimes you keep a kid very busy. So his brother, you're discussing something, he could bring in something to the table or he could prepare something in his parasha sheet to be able to repeat in a few minutes. You keep a kid busy, sometimes the kid doesn't know what to do, that's why he's looking for attention. There's different ways to make kids feel needed and special and good about themselves. And when you remember that that's the goal, to make them feel good, that alone, it builds your creativity. Let's, let's come up with ways to make him feel good for being quiet or for not disturbing and for being nice to his brother and things like that. So that's all, you know, it's just... When you remember the goal, this is my point. When you remember the goal, the goal is not to keep him quiet by a meal. The goal is not to, to not have him fight. 
those are nice goals on the way, which you want to achieve as well. The goal is to make him feel good. He's sensitive. We're going to try to build him and boost him. Now, let me add, there's always the other part about the consequence and what you're going to tolerate. And if you're just nice to a kid and you just make him feel good, but you are tolerating the things that you shouldn't, he might still be, be uh, tempted to do what he shouldn't because it's tolerated. And he'll get even more attention, right? There's definitely the consequence that you could add that if you do this to her, or you do fight with your brother, this and this will happen. But that's not the point. Remember, the, the goal is not to keep him quiet and you give a big enough consequence that he won't have a choice and have to shut up. The point is that he feels good about himself. So if you appeal to his ego and you make him feel good, and what you don't want him to do, you talk about it in advance, and you don't make him feel put down because of it or, or that you're unhappy with him. And then you tell him very uh, matter-of-factly, you know, just remember that if you go argue and disturb, then you won't get the nash after the meal. But I really want to give it to you because you're a special boy. And if you're very quiet, I'll give you two. So all of a sudden, you know, he's feeling good about himself and he can get something for it or, or, not, or not do what he should and, and get a consequence for it. So that's also, you know, it usually helps. But again, remember, the goal with sensitive children is to make them feel good. When they feel good about themselves and they feel good about you and their relationship with you and they feel secure and confident, they're so much better off. Then you could always add something that, that you know, some, some kind of idea that he knows what you, what you won't tolerate and you're consistent about it and just, just helps him out. I always say that the child that, that disturbs doesn't uh, hit. The child that hit doesn't uh, make fires. Every child has his red line what he doesn't do. Why? Because he knows that won't be tolerated anymore. In other words, what he is doing is only because it is tolerated. So if you know how to make him feel good and you know how to teach him very nicely what won't be tolerated and you talk to him in advance about it when he's not feeling emotionally challenged by the message and I wish still if this is something that could help every child and could help us achieve the nachas that we want to meet from every one of them. Amit